Everybody, welcome to Lit in Love. It's Mariah and Haley, <laughs> and we are back with another wonderful literary classic to review the couples and the characters and the plot and everything about the book. Welcome to the Great Gatsby episode. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, and uh, I know that you probably read this book in college, and if you didn't read it in college, you probably read it in high school. That's the other way around. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and I know that you probably read this book in high school. And if you didn't read it in high school, hopefully you read it in college. Because then you wouldn't be able to make uh, really funny jokes about the American dream. I think that's the most important yes. part about this book. And the fact that it is dead <laughs> in a swimming pool. Yeah. Uh, so sad. So sad. It's much more sad than you think it is when you start reading it oh for I sure. will say and also my mom had forgotten what it was about when we went to go see the newest uh version <laughs> of it at the movie theaters she was <laughs> sorely disappointed <laughs> she's like did you know this did you know that he was gonna die I was like yeah yeah mom that's the whole thing it's the death of the American yeah. dream but um, but yeah, so it's uh, written by F. Scott Fitzgerald, and I have the really pretty copy that's blue with the eyes. I'm pretty sure I paid too much money for it, but it's really I beautiful. I got a Kindle Paperwhite <laughs> copy for like three bucks, I think. So there you go, yeah. there you go. But um. Give me a second. I'm Googling when it came out. I don't oh even gosh. know that. <laughs> it came out in the 20s. Okay. It came out in 1925. Right in the middle. Smack dab in the middle. Of the roaring 20s. We're coming up on the roaring 20s again, and I'm Mid-roar. pretty excited about it. Yes. We're in. Yes. It is the 18 before the 19 before the 20. It's like. I just explained that how Rebecca Black explained the days of the week. Like, yesterday was <laughs> Thursday, tomorrow is Saturday, and then it's Sunday. But the day in between will be Friday. Ah, what's happening? But... Oh, what what's happening? That? What's happening? I don't know. There's nothing happening to me. Oh, God. My Spotify just started coming out of nowhere. (laughs) All right, cut that out. Oh, I don't even know if you'll be able to. Well, no, I don't even know if you'll be able to hear it because it's on my computer and I have headphones in. It'll just me be screaming, "What's happening?" (laughs) Anyway, I don't even know where we were before that started. Um, So, the Great Gatsby came out mid roar. 1925. Um, it's about people on the East Coast that are rich or are trying new to be money. rich. Ooh, new money versus mm. old money. New money is only a term that somebody with a lot of money yeah, could have made up. Yeah, someone who is snobby. 
nobody else cares about somebody who's like i didn't work for my money i inherited it like a true rich person oh my gosh elizabeth and i were talking about this like the family money was so people just were like yeah i'm just gonna go like travel around for a little bit with the family money (laughs) like what 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 now (laughs) isn't that funny how our views as americans have like flipped like now it's better if you come from nothing and you build yourself up and you work so like gatsby would be a hero in today's society but back then he was like looked down upon because he was new money exactly and i think probably this book helped that a little bit because nick is so sympathetic to gatsby's character like everything in this book is designed to make Gatsby the tragic mm-hmm. hero, which I disagree with, but it's fine. <laughs> we'll get into that. Okay. Uh, yes, let's get into it. Let's get lit. Oh, In I love, love the name of our podcast. Okay. Well, I thought you were going to finish it. <laughs> Sorry. Let's get lit. I love the name of our podcast. One word of it. <laughs> Well, the love is at the end. We're getting lit right now. What is the name of our podcast? Lit. In love. Could the pause have been longer? (laughs) I swear. Oh, this is painful. Okay. I wish we recorded at night. Like, I'm really good around, like, 9 p.m. Peak podcast performance? Yes. Mid-roar. I'm going to say that when it is the 20s. Hmm. We're mid-roar. It'll be an Instagram caption. Yes. And then they'll take you away to the asylum. Oh. 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 I don't want to be. Well, if we're really going to be the 20s, that's what's going to (laughs) happen. The post is, it's going to be the 19th, or it's going to be the 20s soon. And we're going to, I want to bring back all the parties, but with the same, like, morals that we have now. We want to blend it. We want to blend it. Yeah, but I also don't want certain presidents to be in our country or on this planet yep. anymore. Yep, same. As well. Same. <laughs> okay. Anyway. We're coming back up. That was a downer. We're coming back up with character. <laughs> okay, Here we so go. main character, Nick Carraway. He is the narrator. He is, I think he's in his early 30s. He graduated from Yale. He, and in the book, it says New Haven. And I was like, is that just another name for Yale? Because in all the information online, it's Yale. So I'm assuming that those are the same thing. I know he's from Minnesota, too. Yes. I didn't really know, and I never pictured him from Minnesota. Now I'm just like, does he have an accent? (laughs) (laughs) That makes the whole thing different. Ugh. Oh, great. Minnesota. I think it makes sense. That's probably offensive. I'm sorry for Minnesotan. (laughs) You're so racist to all those white people. No, but it makes it more, like, relatable and humble, I think, to be from the Midwest. Because people think of Midwesterners as, like, down-home, friendly people who will, like, invite you over and make you a hot dish. So, I think that... Exactly. And they, like, know how to deal with winter. Yeah. So they're formidable. They're hearty, hearty so. people. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he went to college, he graduated. Um, he's trying his hand at bonds, 
vague hand gesture to books and numbers. It doesn't seem like he's really committed to it. It's just something that he can do. And his dad is like giving him money to live in New York to like make mm-hmm. his start yeah. kind of. He's old money. So, uh, yeah. So Midwest old money. And he is the kind of person who <laughs> will wipe your face after you fall asleep because it had been bothering him all day. <laughs> like he's just a weird dude. He's very observant mm-hmm. though. And that's why he's a narrator. I'm assuming he sees all these different things about people. And one of the quotes from the book that he says about himself is, I am one of the most honest people I've ever known. And it basically is him saying, I have 99 problems and none of them have to do with me. They all have to do with other people. I am always honest. Yeah, and, totally and he kind fine. of is like looking down on people. Like he's just kind of like observant to the point where it's almost insulting, you know, like, well, yeah. she is wearing yeah. this dress and he's trying to impress this person and you know and like and that also like speaks to that famous quote from the book like that his dad told him like not everybody has had the advantages that I've Mm -hmm. had and he says that he has followed that his entire life and I think that he realizes both that it is condescending but he's still gonna run with it yeah like and he's observant enough of himself that he knows but he's still gonna be a little condescending (laughs) Um, but even if he is that way He's still very obliging and lets people dictate like what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many times in the book where he wants to leave real bad, but they're like, "No, stay." And he just is like, "Okay." <laughs> like they're like, uh, "I guess I will." They he could just got call me. an Uber, so but, I understand. But there's always taxis to be had. To be had, always. yes, true. Probably five cars in yeah. limos. In a helicopter. Uh, he's, did they have helicopters he could get back out. then? Actually, I don't know because I... Well, didn't they say he went He went on like a hydroplane at one point with Gatsby? Yeah. That's the kind of on the water. But maybe maybe it's not a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Uh. But yeah, so he's the main character. He narrates. All of the descriptions that will come after this are from him. So, because nobody else is a narrator of the story. Um, Jay Gatsby, the titular character of the novel. I love saying titular. I think I've said it in other character descriptions. Uh, he is old sport. He is new money. He is wild parties, slick cocktails, golden art deco font, silk shirts, and pink suits. Yes, I wrote this because I love describing him. Um, and as we were talking about, he's like the embodiment of the American dream because he's came from nothing, worked his way up, but he also like represents the American dream when it goes bad because of how easily it dies. Okay. Something else that's ironic is like, he's all American, but he feigns kind of a light English accent too. Oh yeah. He's like, well, he's trying to get rid of whatever accent that he had. Yeah. He's trying to be a little pretentious. Yep. Yep. Um, he was a poor kid from North Dakota who ended up being employed by this like millionaire guy. He sailed the world with him. Then he went into the army and he gained a fortune through unsavory means. Uh, and he made his life about getting enough money so that he would be enough for Daisy, who he falls in love with. He meets and then he has to go to war. 
So he wants to be enough for her and he thinks that this money will help him. And he is just stuck in the past and he sugarcoats everything with such an intense optimism that Nick throughout the book is both like disgusted and amazed with him at the same time. Yeah, because he is like amazing in the way that he gets away with things and the way that he pulls off these elaborate parties every weekend. But he he's like a con man, basically, because you don't really know a lot about his past, except that he's in love with Daisy. And I think, if I'm rem- remembering correctly, even when he tells Nick his past, the story of his past, Nick still isn't sure, or the reader still isn't sure if that's like the whole truth. Oh, yeah. He's told him like the story of his past like several times in the book. Yeah. And he keeps like letting things slip. And I think that's why Gassy probably doesn't have that many friends because he doesn't want to let things slip. Yeah, he has his balls up for sure. He's definitely like a classic con man where he will tell you what you want to hear to get what he wants. And he's very good at it, very slick. And people like him, but they don't really know him. Don't really know. And like another quote in the book, when when Nick is talking about Gatsby as like a young man at like seventeen, and he's like he probably smiled because he learned that people liked him when he smiled. Like that's like mm. what the comment is. They realize what people like, and they're like, "I will be that." Gosh, that makes him sound like a sociopath, right? Like <sighs> learning that. facial expressions, <laughs> like an alien. New uh, plot twist: Gatsby's an alien. He failed, of course. Uh, he failed to assimilate with humans. Um, okay, and then next is Daisy Buchanan, who Gatsby is in love with. She is Nick's cousin. She's this beautiful, wonderful, fairy-like girl, and she's kind of shallow, and Nick describes her as, or I think Gatsby says her voice is full of money, which, like, she comes from old money, like, charm, and she's just always used to that life. She seems like she really enjoys the attention of men and oh, like yeah. she thrives on that. And it's like, what else has she really got going on? She can't have a job. She doesn't have hobbies other than like lounging and drinking. So I don't super blame her. I mean, obviously, it's not a great trait to have to just be thriving off of men's attention. But mm-hmm. I understand that she's kind of trapped in that world. Yeah, and she doesn't, like, there was nothing else for her to do, even, like, her child is being taken care of by someone else, and so, and it's almost like they don't have a child, so it's really really weird. I didn't even realize they had a child until I reread that part. I was so confused. Her name is, like, Pammy, Pam or something, but she's not even a character listed. Like, she doesn't even even matter. And she's three years old, I think? Yeah, which is so sad. She doesn't even know. Um, But, like, she seems to be, like, distracted and very sensitive and, like, whimsical. But through one of the quotes, like, one of the famous quotes of the book, you kind of know that she knows what's going on because she's, like, talking about her daughter. And she's like, that's the best thing a girl can be in this world, a beautiful little fool. And so it's like she knows that that's what she's being. And so it's the easiest for her to just want that for her daughter so it's kind of very sad in a way Mm -hmm. that's what we don't want in our new going 20s (laughs) we want new good things but um nick describes her as like beautiful and magical and like careless which i think is a good description yeah and she ends up kind of being a little weak because 
she lets both Tom and Gatsby think that she didn't love the other one when in truth like she loved them both in different ways so that ends Mm -hmm. up to be like a really intense part of the book um and then her husband Tom Buchanan he is the worst trademarked (laughs) um some of the adjectives that describes Tom are jealous, hypocritical, misogynistic, uh, abusive, racist, and hulking. <laughs> uh, that's the word that Daisy uses to describe him, hulking, and he doesn't like it. It's great. doesn't like it, and that's why I decided that I needed to use it. <laughs> but I will say that he, he well, the insult that Nick uses for him is one of the reasons I was like, oh, this is going to be a good book when I was reading it in high school. <laughs> I was like, that's such a sick burn. Okay, it's the a national figure in a way, one of those men who reached such an acute limited excellence at 21 that everything after savors of anticlimax. <laughs> like, Fitzgerald wrote that. Yeah. And he probably was writing it about somebody that he knows. Oh, yeah. That's like what, that's how I feel about people who like won't stop talking about high school football. It's the same thing. Oh, it's the same because he played like polo or whatever. He played football too. And I think that he's trying to like escape that, but he can't. He probably has CTE. I don't know what that is. What's that? Oh, it's a condition that you get after you get a lot of concussions and it, um, it slowly kills your brain basically. It's it changes oh, your personality. God. It's really awful, and a lot. Like I think a majority of fo- professional football players eventually get CTE. Oh well, now I feel a little bit bad for him. Sorry, Tom, but you're still the worst. Yeah, and and back then, <laughs> and back then they didn't wear helmets or they wore stupid leather helmets. Like those did anything. Yeah. It's a wonder he's alive, actually. I guess, I guess. Um, but, like, yeah, he thinks that he's very, like, worldly, and he's becoming, what was it? Daisy says he's becoming very profound because he's reading these, like, books about being racist, basically. And I was like, no, no, Daisy, he's not becoming oh, I profound. I thought that he's she was becoming being a white sarcastic. I really thought that she was just joking in that part. Well, because she, she's, no, like, leaving she? the room because, like, the phone rings and she leaves the room, like, as quick as she can once Tom starts getting political and racist. So I think that it was really making her uncomfortable. I mean, she's still supporting him when he's being racist, so she's still enabling him. But I think that she was, like, poking fun at him, like, just slightly by being like, oh, yeah, he's becoming very cultured. He's learning all these big words. Being like, oh, you're so smart. But... Yeah, he reads this book that's basically about white genocide, which is a freaking lie. <laughs> it's terrible. Oh, mm. yeah. yeah. Whenever I read anything with Tom in it, I feel upset. But And then Nick also describes him as having a cruel body, which sounds weird. And <laughs> also his voice has a touch of paternal contempt. So whenever he's talking to you, it's like you're talking to a disappointed dad. Yeah. Okay. I bet so many men were triggered by this book. Right? (laughs) (laughs) They're like, what do you mean this is bad? Never good enough for you. (laughs) Well, that's what he was saying. Like, he had his voice sounded like that. And so he did not have a lot of friends in college that actually liked him. (laughs) 
Uh, I'm making everything seem a little sympathetic. Nope, we don't like Tom. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> Jordan Baker. Nick says she was a slender, small-breasted girl with an erect carriage, which she accentuated <laughs> by throwing her body backward at the shoulders like a young cadet. Like, he just always described her as, like, jaunty or, like, moving. I don't know. And it was... It was not like a description of somebody that he was in a relationship with. Yeah. He was. It was pretty much like, what did I say? I was like, her relationship with Nick was basically anything, basically nothing but a coincidence of location. Yeah. 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 Well, it seems like she's just the physical embodiment of the flapper party girl. Yeah. Yeah. And I think she's younger than Daisy as well. Um, and she was Daisy's friend from when they were younger. She's a professional golfer who I guess cheats. I don't really understand how you can cheat at golf, but, uh, Nick says that she's incurably dishonest and hates being at a disadvantage. She's also the kind of person you do not want, uh, to drive you because she seems intensely apathetic about everything. It's even human life. She's like, I'm a bad driver. It doesn't matter because everybody else is a good driver. She's terrifying. And then Myrtle Wilson. In the book, it said that she is a thickish figure of a woman, faintly stout, but she carried her surplus flesh sensuously as some women can. There was an immediate perceptible vitality about her as if the nerves of her body were continually smoldering. So she was pretty. Um, and she was George Wilson's wife and Tom's mistress in the city. And she was dissatisfied with her marriage uh, and very unhappy about George. And she ultimately ends up dead because of her relationship with Tom. And the place that they live is called like Ash City or something like that. And it's between the eggs and New York City. So it's like... This no man's land, probably Tom like stopped at the gas station where it's a gas station, right? Or an auto shop. It's like a garage, but he sells gas. So it's like a gas station basically. Yeah. So he probably stopped there and saw this pretty woman and was like, yeah, sure. Why not? And like did it with her. And then like she's just treated as trash and it just makes me sad. It's really sad because she's of course like enamored with the wealth that tom like radiates and he buys mm-hmm. her all these things like they have an apartment in new york that's basically hers and it's like furnished with all this stuff and whenever they go out together he buys her things and he gives her money she like bought a dog the last time they were together so it's just it's just sad it's sad yeah she teases him about daisy at one point and he punches her in the face and breaks her nose like Oh, and then in the book, it's so sudden. It's like, and then he broke her nose. Yeah. Like, oh, he's the worst. And I, I mean, that's I, how it would be in real life. Like, someone's arguing with someone, and then all of a sudden, they just punch them. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't think that he has ever hit Daisy, but we don't know. Probably we at least know. psychological abuse. So he's not the best. He's not the best. And then Myrtle's husband, George, is... Eh, an abysmally sad and nothing character. He's described as lifeless. And then Tom is being mean and hates him. And he says that he's so dumb. He doesn't know he's alive. Oh my gosh. That's so awful. The problem is there's not really a lot about George that we know. We just know that he's sad and he owns a garage and he's poor. 
And so oh, so depressing. mostly just a plot device to make the story in sadly. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he owns a garage. He lives in the ashy place by the eyes of TJ Eckelberg. Uh, Tom bullies him. Myrtle cheats on him. And he ends up going mad after she dies. Um, and he dies himself. So just a sad, sad thing. Spoiler. And I know. That's why I was like, I didn't want to say the other thing. Because I was like, I don't want to take the wind out of your sails. So. <laughs> but uh, if you are listening to this, you should know this is uh, not a spoiler-free podcast. So we're dropping all the bombs. All the bombs. Just all of them. like Germany did on Britain. Oh, mm, cool. <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> Oh, all right. And then Meyer Wolfsheim. Wolfsheim? Uh-huh. Uh, it's Gatsby's friend, quotation marks, um, who helped him earn his money in an unsavory manner. He has said, it is said that he helped fix the World Series. Uh, they want you to know that he's Jewish because they mention it several <laughs> times. And he's like shrewd. He wears human molar cufflinks. And I never want to meet him. Ew! Yeah. I remember when I was reading it in high school, I was like, what does that mean? And then I looked it up. I was like, that's weird. Ugh. He thinks he's being quirky, but he's just creepy. Um, and he doesn't even show up to Gatsby's funeral, even after Nick asks him several times to come. So it's really so rude. Um, and then some like, the, he's, a, he's like a minor character and two other minor characters uh, or Owl Eyes, who was a party goer with huge glasses. He's mostly always drunk, and he was very excited that the books in Gatsby's library were real. Aww. And so it's such a cute, because he's like, look at these guys. It's not cardboard. This is a great library. Um, and he comes to Gatsby's funeral and feels bad for him. So he's a good guy. I love him. He's good. Then the other guy who's always there, his name is Clip Springer. He's basically like they nickname him the border because he basically lives at Gatsby's house and takes advantage of Gatsby's kindness and money and food, blah, blah, blah. And he refuses to come to the funeral. And Nick is just like, I can't believe you. You're the worst person <laughs> and hangs up on him. Uh, so, yeah, what a lively cast of characters. Love it. Love it. Okay. <laughs> so... I'll dive into the plot. I'm doing a fake British accent just for this joke because that's what Gatsby does. I'm done. I'm done now. It's awful. Ooh, that was okay. nice. Nick Carraway, narrator, mm -hmm. uh, voice of the novel. He, I did it again. I'm like slipping in and out of it. I can't help myself. He's a young man. He's from Minnesota. He moves to New York. Um, summer of 1922. Um, he enters the bond business. Um, he rents a house in the West Egg District of Long Island, a wealthy but unfashionable area populated by new rich, new wealth. Um, and when I read this part again, I realized that West Egg and East Egg are actually supposed to be land masses that are shaped like eggs, but they are fictional pieces. <laughs> um, the, so... New wealth is in West Egg and old wealth is in East Egg, I believe. So Nick's next door neighbor is a mysterious man named Gatsby. Um, it's a big, huge, gothic mansion. 
Um, and he throws huge, extravagant parties every Saturday night. They're so beautiful. Like, even just looting it, I'm like, I just want to go to one. Yeah. I. That's why I like the new movie so much is because of how, like, fantastic it is and how fun it is to look at. It's just, like, dripping with luxury. Yes. Luxury. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, um... Nick goes out to East Egg to have dinner with his cousin Daisy, Daisy Buchanan, and her husband Tom Buchanan. So he obviously knows Daisy from childhood because they're cousins, and he knows Tom from college. So he has history with both of them, um, and they both went to Yale together, as Mariah said. Mm-hmm. Um, they introduce uh, Nick to Jordan Baker, who is beautiful and cynical and slender and just kind of embodies like the I don't care attitude of like a flapper party girl of the 20s and she is like pretty snooty like she when she first meets Nick is like laying lounging on a chaise lounge and like will not like her chin is in the air and he said it's almost like she's balancing something on it (laughs) like she has her nose literally stuck up in the air but eventually they do start a relationship which is just of convenience. Uh, he learns, Nick learns that um, Daisy and Tom are not as happy as he might have thought. Um, Tom has a lover, Myrtle. Um, she lives in, it's called the Valley of Ashes, which is, it's a gray industrial dumping ground between West Egg and New York. So, so sad. After that, yeah, after that. Um, yeah, I live, I live in the Valley of Ashes. Cool. Want to hang out? <laughs> It sounds like a graveyard. It does. Elephant graveyard. Which would be so much cooler. It would it would be a cool talking thing. Yeah. So um after that he goes to New York City with Tom and Myrtle. Um he's at a vulgar gaudy party in the place where um Tom in the apartment that Tom has bought Myrtle. And then Myrtle starts to tease Tom about Daisy and then he breaks her nose. So that's the first time that we realize that he is abusive. So as summer goes on, Nick um, gets invited to one of Gatsby's parties. He's very excited. He's like a little kid in a candy shop. So he sees uh, Jordan Baker at the party, and then they get to actually meet Gatsby, which like most of the people at the party are like, I've never met him. I don't know what he looks like. And there's all these stories about him. It's like the man, the myth, the legend, like he's a huge figure, but most people don't actually get to see him. So he gets to meet Gatsby. He's surprisingly young and he puts on a fake English accent. Um, <laughs> he has like a really nice smile. He's very charming. And for some reason, he calls everyone old sport. I think I've I've learned a little bit about like the psychology of nicknames. Mm-hmm. And it's partially like you want to feel comfortable with that person. So when you start calling them by a nickname, it's like, this is me showing you that, like, we're on this level now. Like, we can refer to each other as this nickname. But it's also, like, when you want to put someone down a little bit or when you see someone as, like, cute or, like, beneath you. So, like, I call my nephews buddy, and it's not, like, to put them down, but it just comes out. It's just, like, you are someone that I treasure that is little, that's cute, that, like, I want to take care of, and you're a kid. So, like, I call them buddy. And I remember one of my professors talking about that too. Like he's like, I don't know why I always call my son Buddy. It just comes out of me. So, 
So yeah. old sport is probably the same for Gatsby. Like he sees everyone as like, I don't want to make it sound bad because that'll make me sound bad. But but he sees everyone as kind of like kids and he yeah. has been through a lot. And so he's like the oldest one there, even though he's not. I think it, he's trying to like, I don't know. I feel like he thinks it's something that people said at Oxford. I feel like he's just trying mm-hmm. to like, make up this person that went to Oxford and he's like yeah that they say that there so I'll just say it there all the time well yeah he's definitely putting on airs too yeah because like why else would you fake an accent Lindsay Lohan (laughs) um yeah so he calls everyone old sport so Gatsby at one point pulls Jordan aside and then later on Jordan tells Nick that he's revealed that he's in love with Daisy um because he knew her from Louisville and he basically bought that house across um the river the I don't know <laughs> the body of water <laughs> some sort of water some sort of water yes this is very scholarly um and he bought the house across from her so that he could like plan for her to come to his house to his parties and the parties are all like to get her attention because he's still in love with her very calculating very very calculating and he a little bit of creepy stalker even he stares at the green light at the end of her dock every night um it says across the bay so yeah yeah there you go the bay So, yeah, it's all for Daisy. It's all for her. Um, So now, this is my favorite part of the newer movie with Leo DiCaprio. Gatsby wants Nick to arrange a reunion between himself and Daisy. Um, He's afraid that Daisy... (laughs) Sorry, what? But secretly. Yeah. He's like, I don't want Daisy to know that it's me, but I don't want her to... But I do want her to know, but I don't want her to know that I'm in love with her because then she won't want to come because she's married and it'll be weird. So he's like freaking out. And it's kind of cute. I really like that part in the movie because it shows him being human and not putting on airs. And it was beautiful. So he invites Daisy to have tea at his house, Nick does, without telling her telling her that Gatsby will be there. So it's like a setup. Mm-hmm. And after it's really awkward at first, they actually reestablish their connection and they begin their affair. <laughs> so then after a short while... Tom starts to catch on that there's something going on between Gatsby and Daisy, and he gets really pissy about it, which is ironic because he literally bought an apartment for another woman that he's sleeping with on the regular, but whatever. Um, at a lunch at the Buchanan's house, uh, Gatsby just looks at Daisy with such, like, unbridled passion that <laughs> Tom's like, okay, I know what's going on here. <laughs> and so... Yeah, even though Tom is being the hugest hypocrite ever, he's outraged. Um, and he, like, takes them all to New York City. Like, he forces them all to drive there. Very awkward. Very awkward. Yeah. He confronts Gatsby in a suite at the plaza. He asserts that um, they have a history, um, that Tom and Daisy have a history that Gatsby can never understand, that he's, like, out of bounds. And um, he tells his wife, Gatsby's a criminal. He... Um, has been bootlegging alcohol. That's how he got all his money, and he's been doing other nefarious things. So Gatsby, I mean, Daisy, then realizes, oh, I actually want to be loyal to Tom, my husband, and I'm done with you, Gatsby, just like that. So then Tom sends her back to East Egg with Gatsby, like forces her to go with Gatsby 
he understands now. Not a threat anymore. Yeah. So it's like to show Gatsby like, oh, you think that you can steal my girl? Well, go ahead and have her. She doesn't want you anymore. So then um, Nick, Jordan, and Tom drive through the Valley of Ashes, probably the most awkward car ride ever. Um, They discover that Gatsby's car has struck and killed Myrtle. So then they rush back to Long Island where Nick learns from Gatsby that Daisy was driving the car when it struck Myrtle, but Mm -hmm. Gatsby is taking the blame for it because he loves Daisy. So the next day, Tom tells George, he tells Myrtle's husband that Gatsby was the one who did it because Tom is the worst person ever. Um, So George is like, so distraught because Myrtle is like the light of his life and he hops in the car and drives um to find Gatsby because he is assuming at this point that the person who killed Myrtle is the same person who was having the affair because he knew about the affair for some reason he didn't suspect Tom which is just stupid then he shoots Gatsby while he's swimming in his pool and then he kills himself and it's just really depressing and that's Almost the end. But then they have the funeral. Um, Nick ends it with Jordan because he's like, I'm going to move on from this lifestyle. It's too much for me. I'm done with it. My friend was murdered, you know. So. The huge. The huge. Yeah, murder kind of does that to people. Um, Basically, no one comes to the funeral. It's really depressing. Um, His dad comes, though. I forgot that part. At the very end, Gatsby's dad finds out that he was killed through like the newspapers and stuff and he comes to the funeral so it's like three oh, really? people yeah um he like comes and he's like sad and he's like but i knew that he was gonna do great things it's just like a sad thing oh oh yeah you're right his name is henry c gatz yeah like- and he's from minnesota yeah it's funny because he's from the same place as nick Oh, yes. Connections. So, yeah. So it's all very symbolic. It's just like Nick is reflecting on everything and he's like, this is what happens when you pursue this illusion of grandeur, of the American dream of happiness and individualism and just everything being perfect and having parties every weekend, glamour and spending all your money on jewels and alcohol and bootlegging and the glamour of the 20s is really all an illusion and it all comes down to just pursuing wealth and being shallow and being materialistic. And so Nick is just, he's seen the worst of it. It's kind of like when you work behind the scenes of a play or a TV show or a movie, you can't watch that without knowing like all the ugly stuff that happened behind the scenes and the good stuff. But like, the magic is ruined for you. So he's done with the Roaring Twenties and he goes back home to the Midwest. And that's all I got. I always wonder like what Nick ends up doing after that. Because is he going to do yeah. Bob in Minnesota? Like what? I don't I know. know. I don't know. Maybe he's Fitzgerald. And he just becomes a writer. I mean, he has the voice for it. That's for sure. Yeah. So dramatic. Oh my gosh. Like there's a quote at the beginning. He was just like saying that he's like, and then again, I'm a I'm alone in the in the unquiet. And it's like, dude. 
Oh, gosh. Like you're standing alone in a crowded room. Yes, that's basically him. It's him. But, uh, yeah, so it's a really, it's like a sad book. It's beautiful, beautifully written, but it's sad. Mm -hmm. And the people are kind of all awful in it. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of a Hemingway. Yeah, it's not as bad as Wuthering Heights. No. But they're all kind of terrible people. Yeah. Um, Like, I think Nick is like, they're all, what does he say? He's like, they're all careless. And they retreat back into, like, their money. They don't care about anybody else. Yeah. So, very interesting stuff, guys. Yes. So, couples. Couples. All right. Let me get my notes because I didn't write those down anywhere else other than <laughs> Um. First off, I guess we could start with the actual married couple, Daisy and Tom Buchanan. I'm going to sink it immediately. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Because I just don't like the only reason that she married him was because Gatsby was gone and she wanted someone to love her and money. Yeah. And she's that kind of girl. Like you were talking about, she enjoys the attention of men. And so she knows that she deserves Mm -hmm. to be loved. And so she's like, well, I want that right now. So she didn't want to wait. So, and then Tom, I think just knew that she was beautiful and probably also rich. So it was just kind of like, it's kind of like an arranged marriage in a way that they probably grew a little bit fond of each other over time, but it didn't start. I don't know. We weren't there in Louisville, but I don't know. Yeah. I think that they didn't start out with passion. They started out with like maybe lust, like, Oh, you're cute. And I can make this work and you're rich too. And we understand each other because we come from the same sort of society, the same sort of families, and I know what's expected of me. I'm expected to be pretty and dumb and that's easy. And I don't have to try very hard with you. Yeah. And so, and like at the end, the relationship, I feel like was crumbling even before Gatsby. Yeah. So, and then it took this like huge tragedy to like glue them back together. And of course they left to go be rich somewhere else and try and work through those problems. But I just don't know if they're, I don't think that they were a couple that was destined to last. No. So, so I sink them. Yeah. I mostly just sink anything with Tom in it because he's the worst. So. <laughs> yeah. I think that they are supposed to, if everything is supposed to represent something, which we're English degree holders, so everything is supposed to represent something. I think they're supposed to represent the fragile opulence of the 20s like the the facade even though that's Gatsby's thing I think that's also their thing it's like oh look at us we're this beautiful perfect couple we're rich we have all this wealth we show it off we have this big house we have this gorgeous lawn with all these ivy growing up our our um the side of our house and but it's all inside the house it's it's not happy so so yeah uh sink those guys and yeah. But then again, like, hopefully they stay together for this daughter that they have. Did she even go with them when they left? Who knows? The daughter that no one cares about, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. We had that <laughs> that three-year-old. Oh, shoot. Oh, no. She'll be okay. Okay. She'll get a coal mining job. Um. Do you want to go with Tom and Myrtle next? Yeah. Okay. So, sink, sink it. it. Because he, he <laughs> broke her nose. And he, like, 
it wasn't even enough. It wasn't that he loved her and like wanted to divorce Daisy immediately and marry her. It's that he just wanted something else. Like he's greedy AF. Yeah, I was just bored. Yeah. So it's not love. It's just lust. For her, it's like a promise of new life, like different things. But it's just not enough for her. Myrtle deserved better. Yeah, it's sad. But also, she chose to cheat. She shouldn't have done that. Yeah. And she's not very nice to George. She chose to marry George. She said that she wasn't in love with him, but I think she was. And then she realized how much it sucks being poor. Yeah. And living in a valley of ashes at a gas station. Yeah. not a. I would not be a fan. So think <laughs> that as well. Um, who's next? Myrtle and George. Myrtle and George. We don't, I don't think I know enough about them. I, yeah. Give a good sinkership, but obviously they were unhappy. I, yeah. I mean, I think it, I think that it shows that he cared something for her, that he was willing to kill Gatsby and then kill himself. But I think it was more like, this is the one thing, not the one, you know, the person I love the most. This is the one thing I had in my life that was giving me hope and happiness. And now it's gone. Not she's gone, but it was like very possessive kind of relationship, I think, which like all of these are freaking possessive relationships, but unhealthy. Yeah, Yeah, very unhealthy. And everyone needs therapy. I'll say it every episode, but (laughs) clearly like mental illness is what led to him doing the what's it called where you kill someone and then kill yourself oh i don't know uh homicide suicide but something that sounds better than that homicide suicide (laughs) let's google it suicide i can't spell suicide it just says murder suicide oh yeah murder suicide yeah that's it doesn't sound very catchy and it's obviously a depressing idea (laughs) but it's murder suicide (laughs) Not as catchy as I would have hoped. <laughs> oh, murder isn't catchy. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> oh man! But yeah, so we think them unhappy people. Um, and then who else? Jay. I would say that Gatsby and Daisy. I think, or I think their relationship as it was when they met each other in the future. But I ship the relationship that they might have had if she would have waited. Yes, 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 yes. Like, I think that, like, they would have been different people. I think they would have been not as worried about appearances, that they would have been happier living more humbly. Because I do think that they loved each other at one point, and they let other things, like, well, he went to war, but she let other things, like, outweigh the way that she cared for him yeah and like that one like see that one quote that I love it's like he looked at her in the way that all girls wish to be looked at yeah so like he was like and then it mentions in the book when he was talking about he was talking to Nick about his real history he's like she was the first girl that he thought he was like she's the one that I actually loved like there were all these other girls because I was a handsome person and I'm not going to lie and say that I didn't hang out with a bunch of other girls, but she's like, she was the one that I loved the most. And that's why he's created this entire like fantasy five years in the making. And so I think that kind of ruined him. Yeah. But so yeah, I ship, I ship their relationship that could have been. 
Yeah, but sink it as it is. And I, I sink the affair too because yeah, I don't believe it's not, it's not right. in extramarital affairs. But also I don't think that she was doing it for the right reasons. I don't think that she genuinely meant it to go anywhere. Yeah, I don't think I don't think she was strong enough to leave this comfortable no, life yeah. that Tom and her had created together. And now that she's had it, she doesn't want to let it go. It would have been different if she never had it. Yeah. So it's kind of sad. But then we wouldn't have Pam. No, we wouldn't we wouldn't have Pam. <laughs> For a minute I was like, the office? <laughs> But no, Pammy, Pammy, who knows? Oh, I hope Pammy's doing well. Um, And then Nick and Jordan, like we already talked about our kind of like distaste for that relationship because it almost was nothing. Yeah, it's, they're friends with benefits basically. And not even really friends. They just hung out because it was Daisy's friend. Like if there was any other girl that happened to be there when, when Nick first got there to see Daisy, that would have been that. Like, yeah, like it didn't matter. So they're kind of and there was and there was barely a description of their relationship. They like didn't hang out without Daisy, Tom or Gatsby. They weren't by themselves. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. So, yeah, I'm indifferent. I don't care if it floats along by itself as a small boat. It doesn't matter to me. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's all the couples. Unless you're shipping uh, Nick and Gatsby together. <laughs> True. I feel like they would have been like, not just not like a romantic couple, like they could have been, but um, because not even they don't even have to be a romantic couple. I just think that they truly were friends. Yeah, I think the relationship is nice. And so and like, even though Nick is kind of like disgusted with some of the things that Gatsby does, he still appreciates him as this interesting person who's worked hard. Yeah, he cares for him. Yeah. So, And I think he wants the best for Gatsby. And that's part of why he is so disgusted is because he's like, I see the good in you and I want you to do better for yourself. So he is like a father figure like that. And then where was it? I wrote down this like beautiful quote that Nick says about Gatsby at the very beginning oh where is it okay here we go like he's just he spent a lot of time thinking about Gatsby (laughs) he says Gatsby turned out all right at the end it is what preyed on Gatsby what foul dust floated in the wake of his dreams that temporarily closed out my interest in the abortive sorrows and the short-winded elations of men like jeez yeah (laughs) yeah so I think they had a meaningful relationship. It was beautiful. So I ship their friendship. It's sad that uh, Nick will always have that like death hanging over his life. Like I feel like that's something. Yeah. If Nick was a real person, I feel like that's something that will always hang over him. He probably would feel a little guilty about it too. Yeah. Like even though he didn't really do anything and couldn't have done anything. That's the thing. Like he didn't do anything. He was. He never really pushed. He never really picked a side. Even though he was Gatsby's yeah. friend, he's still Daisy's cousin. And he let Tom take him to New York with Myrtle. He just, yeah, he was, it was his, if he was guilty, he's it was because of the inaction, I guess. So, yeah. 
yeah, that's the thing that I usually yell <laughs> at the screen when I'm watching movies is like, why aren't you doing anything? Do something. Like, why are you frozen there with the knife? Stab her. And then she won't kill everyone in the house. That kind of thing. Stab her. Haley, 2018. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. So um, there's not really a happy couple in this novel. Um, no. But it is, like, an interesting study of relationships in general. Yeah. Like, what not to do. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think the key that is missing in the relationships here is you have to marry someone that you genuinely want to be around all the time and enjoy the presence of. It's okay if you get annoyed sometimes, but you have to really love and like the person. Both of those. Love and like. Yes. And it's like someone that you're going to decide to choose to love. Mm -hmm. It is not somebody that you love right now and you might fall out of love. Everybody falls out of love. You have to choose to love this person. Yes, 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 yes. Because there's the physical side and then you have to just really work on the emotional side and supporting them and working at it. Like people are so selfish. It's amazing. They are. Like, well, we are as people. All of us Everyone is, yeah. And so, and I, it might not have been probably something that people thought about when they were getting married in the 20s that they're going to have to choose to love this person I don't think that that's something that was talked about so I think it was mostly like stay pretty women and guys be good strong family men and that's all the advice we're gonna give you make that money yeah (laughs) or keep it in the family drink your worries away Oh my gosh. Didn't even talk about how much alcohol there was in this entire book. Oh yeah. That's why it's like a Hemingway book is because it's super dry and yet very wet with alcohol. (laughs) So much alcohol. Straight up. Like just the description of like how many oranges were needed to make all the like cocktails. (laughs) Insane. (laughs) Oh yeah. I enjoyed I like enjoyed this book in high school. I reread it again for this podcast and I'm like, it's still enjoyable, but it's not my favorite. So it's just beautifully written. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes. yes. So uh, that's it for me. <laughs> me as well. Do you have any, any other lingering Gatsby thought? <laughs> lingering Gatsby thought. Okay, I will send you off with this. Oh, was that it? That's oh. it. Okay, I'll send them off with this. So we beat on, boats against the current, borne back ceaselessly into the past. It's the end of the book. Ooh. Sorry. So good. So good. Okay, so I will <laughs> close this out. So, right. if you would like to get in touch, why? Just kidding. If you want to get in touch with us, Please don't disappear for five years and then come back as an eccentric millionaire obsessed with the past. There are easier ways. We have an Instagram. It's at Lit and Love Pod. We have a Facebook page, Lit and Love Podcast. We have a Facebook secret group that I don't think anyone is in called Secret Lit and Love. We are on iTunes. Woo, woo, woo. And the link will be. <laughs> I'm so excited. I know. The link will be in our Insta bio or just search for us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Lit in love. 
thanks to everyone who has already followed our social media, reached out to us to support the podcast. It's very exciting. We are honored. We are excited. I keep saying exciting, but it is. And this is something that we just do for fun when we have the time to. And it's fun to see that some people like it. So recommend us to your nerd friends. Thank you so much for listening. And we will see, not see, we will, you will hear us soon. You will be in your ears soon. Yes. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Beautiful. Beautiful. Love it.